Well, good morning. Maybe I should have titled this something else. Where are our girls this morning? Actually, our our um, Zoom ladies are on it this morning. So welcome, everybody. Um, and just thank you, Rochelle, for pointing us towards the truth this morning. None of this matters without the Lord Jesus Christ. And you remind us of that every Thursday when we get started. I thought of this uh, last week. Um, you know, God says he's the light. His word is the light. It, he is the light of the world. And we were driving through a mountain pass, and it was my turn to drive, and it was in the middle of the night. And it was dark. And there were no lights, and there was no one else. And I thought, this is really scary. I need light, and I need light to see the road. And I was looking and looking. And I was going real slow because I couldn't see the road. And, um, and then I would see little reflectors, you know, up ahead, and my, my headlights would hit that. And, oh, there, okay. But I could see the shape of the road and know where to go. And ladies, as Christians, we are that little reflector in our, in our homes and in our world and our society and our culture. And um, Lupita, bless your heart for um, standing here for me last, last week. And she, and she mentioned that, you know, when we walk out in obedience to God's word, we're reflecting God's glory, we're reflecting his word, we're reflecting his ways. And the darker it gets, ladies, the more we need to shine. And that's not something we do, that's something he does. You know, the more we obey, the more of that light that's broadcast. So today we need God's light in everything we do. And we're talking about behind the bedroom door this morning. I'm gonna be Lupita for a second. Let's just get it out there, sex, okay? I thought that was so precious, so precious. Just get it out there, all right. So we are gonna talk about it. But you know, for ladies, it's not about, my husband's always terrified I'm going to stand up and tell you what we do. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, honey, you know, it's all right here. For a woman, most of it is right here. If it's not here, it's not going to be anywhere else. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, a little bit of today you will find to be maybe a little bit um, repetitive based on the last couple of weeks, but it's all in context and we need to really keep that in mind, um, all these things in mind together. I want to just tell on myself, I have two resources that I pretty much totally use. Well, three, the Bible, of course. And then if you've never heard of Dr. Ed Wheat, I know the older ladies in here have, this man is amazing. <clears throat> and he wrote um, Love Life for Every uh, Married Couple. He also wrote another book called Intended for Pleasure. And if any of you have ever seen this, and I had to giggle because this is actually on the notes, uh, ladies, if you're on Zoom, as an attachment, it's how to save your marriage alone. That's also his, and that's a chapter in his book. So uh, anyway, I think what I love about this book, for one thing, is it's written to the man and the woman. So if you know, if you know a newlywed or couple, or you know someone who's struggling, they'd be willing to read together. It's amazing. But you know what? I don't have the men in here. So we're going to talk to the women today about behind the bedroom door. And what our part is in that. <clears throat> so, and then of course, Naomi's precious things you'll, you'll recognize throughout the talk this morning. <clears throat> so becoming your husband's friendly lover. So um, that starts with our having a really wonderful um, intimacy relationship with your husband involves having a very special everyday relationship with him. And sometimes we forget that. And um, Dr. Wheat talks about it at, he has an acronym called BEST. So we're going to go through BEST, 
What does best mean? So best for our undergirding of our relationship. And B stands for bless. One of the most important things that we can do is to bless our husbands. And that means to be well-meaning in all that we say and do towards him. We can respond with good words, even when our partner is harsh. That's really hard, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes that could be feel like impossible. And it is impossible without the Lord. In 1 Peter 2.23, we're told that Jesus was reviled, but did not revile in return. One of the best things that we can do, even for our children, too, is not to be nasty in return. So, um, and that takes a sober mind, doesn't it? Because what is the first thing we want to do? You know, we, t- we were talking at the prayer table this morning. Even when somebody cuts you off in traffic, what do you want to do? You know, we, we just want to fight back. So we don't revile and return. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Pro- the Proverbs 31 lady. The law, law of kindness is on her tongue. So we speak with kindness. That's a blessing. And James, he tells us we can't have both bitter words and uh, sweet words coming out of the same mouth. So we have a choice. Blessing means doing kind things for the other person. And not and for us, sometimes we pick what we want those kind things to be, but what is our husband asking of us that we're putting off doing? You know, it's a real blessing to him for his shirts to be ready when he's um, they've been laundered and ready and hanging, and he has underwear to wear and socks when he needs to go to work, right? And you may too, but that's something you can do for him. You know, don't make your husband do his own laundry. It's just one more, you know, just throw him in there with yours. It's a simple thing we can do, planning meals, you know, just letting him know we think about him and anticipate him coming home. And it's important to us that he has what he needs. So we can lighten his load by doing those things. Be thankful and appreciative. And pray to God on our husband's behalf. Praying for him is the most important thing that you can do for him each day. He has a big load to carry. He is responsible before God for his family, regardless of what that family Looks like as far as work, not work, wife working, not working, kids, whatever, retired, young, married, whatever. And then we're not to criticize. Bless him by not criticizing. There's one little um, quote I wanted to read to you from Dr. Wheaton. He says, as a counselor, I observed many people attempting to improve their marriage partners by criticizing, pointing out their faults and mistakes. But this never changes anyone for the better. Hear that? This never changes anyone for the better. It only puts miles of emotional distance between a husband and a wife who may be secretly longing for closeness. So if you're longing to be close to your husband in every way, surely don't criticize. What happens when we're criticized? It it takes away our confidence, right? The next uh, letter in your acronym is edifying. We're to cheer him on in every area of life. And you know what the wonderful side effect to that is? It increases his self-worth and increases his capacity to love. When someone believes in you and cheers you on, it puts a little skip in your step, doesn't it? It makes you think maybe you could do a little more, do a little better. And that's what we're to do for our guy. The original meaning of that um, word edify, or not just the original meaning, but the uh, dictionary definition, it means hearth, like a fire hearth. It has the idea of warmth and light. It draws people in and it offers comfort. Again, a lot of these things work with our children too. 
apply to them. And um, I'm going to give you a couple of verses, but I'm just going to read one of them for edifying. First Corinthians 8.1 says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Don't fix him. Knowledge puffs up. Don't we want to tell him how? Remember how we talked a couple weeks about how women love knowledge? Well, I read. Well, I heard. Well, so-and-so said. Well, my dad said. Well, this said. No, just love them and let them figure it out their way. May not be the way you want it done, but love them and build them up. Doesn't matter how much you know if he doesn't know how much you love him. That goes with everybody, actually. Two more verses you can look up would be 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Romans 15.2, and one more would be Philippians 4.8. So y'all can say those for table talk, okay? A wife edifies by her response to him. And this is something we talk about often, by respecting him, admiring him, deferring to him. You know, sometimes we say, oh, our husbands won't leave, but yet we, won't, we keep stepping out in front and telling them how. I want you to leave, but this is how I want you to do it. If we do that, don't we? And Dr. Wheat offers that a husband is built to depend on the affirmation of his wife. He needs that from us. So that's B, that's E, that's S. Here comes S, sharing. Sharing all you do. I thought it was really sweet how Lupita talked about her husband reading his books. Said he loves to read all the time. And he could understand her books, but she couldn't necessarily stand, understand his. And I, I get that. But she tries, didn't she? She talked about listening and trying to ask some good questions. And, you know, she's not trying to get a college degree. She's just trying to support him on what he's learning about. So that's good. And that's an example to our children when they see us being together. Share in as much as you can and be intentional about it. It's really easy to go our own way, isn't it? You go your way, you go mine, I got so much to do, but it's really important to find those things to share. Maybe there's something you already have in common you could do more of together. Or maybe there's two things, um, you know, you could each pick one of each other's and try, you know. I I fought football for a long time. <laughs> now I could, I'm pretty good at watching a game. Couldn't explain it all to you, but I can understand a lot more. Wouldn't have been the thing I chose. And my husband um, chose to learn to ride horses to be with me. So that's been really fun. You can also find something new you might want to do together. Something that neither one of you want to do and you want to do more of. Just look for ways to share time together. And it could be really, ladies, as simple as just spending time watching him do his favorite hobby, watching him play a sport, watching him um, work on his car, whatever he does. Just show interest. You would have done anything you could think of to be with him when you were dating. And then all of a sudden it's like, eh, it's you again. We have to build and cultivate that time together. And it's really, really important to have good dialogue. And when we have good dialogue, that means we're looking, not like this. No, looking, eyes up, listening, and not much speaking. Just let him know that you're, you hear what he says. Do I hear you say? Or, or is that what you're thinking? You know, clarify, let him know that you're listening to him. And that will be returned. It may take some time, but it will. And T is for touching. And this T on this little list is non-sexual touching. And it's really important to stay close, you know, um, in little ways. You can find little ways to do that. 
touch lightly and caress. Do you ever go by him and just, you know, squeeze his shoulder gently or run your fingers through his hair or just let him know you're, you don't need anything in return. Just let him know you're there and you're thinking about him. That creates warmth and love and affection. Give each other a massage. Now, Dr. Ed, we encourage you to do all these things without it leading to the other touch. But often it's hard to separate the two. <laughs> but start with just loving on each other. Give a bath, back rub. Take a bath or shower together. Rub his feet. Let each other know when something feels good. Oh, it feels good. Good again. Sleep in as few clothes as possible. That's pretty easy to do here, ladies. Touch while you fall asleep. Hold hands. Touch his body. Cuddle in the morning before you get up. Don't just jump right out of bed. Hold hands often. Touch and maintain eye contact while talking. Sit together, close together when you're watching TV. So I thought those are some sweet things. And now, ladies, we're going to talk about behind the bedroom door. So I think for a lot of women, it's a hard topic. Um, I know for myself, when I came to Naomi's for the first time, I was married, I think about five years. I had three little kids. And um, I didn't know how to love my husband uh, in, in, in the best way or in the sexual way. I um, had a lot of hangups just based on uh, what I learned growing up. And um, so what I found, though, was that Naomi kind of unlocked, helped me unlock all the inhibitions I had to really love my husband. My husband loved Thursdays when I came home because it just takes a lot of mental space to get to the intimacy space. And each of you has your story and maybe you don't have a hard story. Maybe it was all, you know, just kind of organic and had a sweet life and, you know, things just went really well. But I didn't trust Roy. I didn't trust him. And that was not based on anything he did. That was based on the fact that I didn't trust men. And so uh, I hurt him a lot just by then, just by not trusting him. You know, he'd, he'd say hello to another woman, and I just about <laughs> fall on the floor and have a fit. It was, yeah, it was pretty pathetic. But he, I always ask him, why did you, you know, why did you look my way? Um, he said it was because of the way you admired me. You know, so I, when I met Rosie, he was on blind date, opposite people, double blind date, and um, I was with his best friend, and he was with my best friend. And, uh, but I just was smitten with him. And so I pursued him <laughs> and I let him know how much I liked him and how funny he was and how wonderful he was. And that caught his attention. Um, but I don't know, it's just, everybody's got their own journey and their own struggles and it's not always easy. You know, it's all romantic up front and you can't wait to be together. And then you get together and you marry and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it just changes things. So you have to keep your mind and your heart open to intimacy is, a, is sometimes a lot of work. And then you have, you get pregnant and you don't feel well. And then you get big and you don't, from your pregnancy and you don't want to. And then you have to recover afterwards. So there's just a lot of times when it's perfectly physically okay, but just mentally you're not in the space. So, um, you know, all these things that Naomi would teach really help give permission, giving permission to really love my husband and enjoy 
being with them. So I hope that if you have any kind of um, hesitation and you need to talk to one of us, that you will. But what I'm praying most of all is that um, we all learn to look at our husband in a way that we can love him physically. So if you read through Song of Solomon, right, it's a... Uh, it sure sets the stage, you know, and it's in the Bible for heaven's sakes. And it's a love letter between the king and his new bride. And, you know, they're admiring each other. In every way, they love each other, everything about them. And they describe each other's hair and bodies and their looks and their faces and their smiles and their eyes. They're just totally enamored with one another. So if you want um, some ideas on how to think about your husband, that's a good place to spend some time. In Psalm, Song of Solomon 2.14, uh, he says, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. I know a lot of times I don't feel like that person <laughs> where my voice is sweet and my face is lovely or you know, I'm in a bad mood or I'm wound up about something. Um, but if we practice best, practice blessing and edifying and touching and sharing, it's a lot easier to get to the place of you know, wanting to being a person your husband wants to be with for one thing, and then wanting to be that person that is with him. So I think that should be a goal of ours, you know, that our husband can look at us and see us as lovely and see us as sweet countenance and um, and not a fake thing, not an insincere thing. These are things that come as a result of spending time with, in the word and with the Lord. In, so, in Song of Solomon, uh, 51, busy. I think it's, yeah, 51, 1B. It says, eat, oh friends, drink, yes, drink deeply, oh beloved ones. It's God's permission to enjoy the sexual relationship with our husbands. And so I mentioned coming to Naomi when I was young. She had a, she called it the sweet peas, right? So we're just going to go with sweet peas for a few minutes this morning uh, to help us to, um, kind of clear out any of the wrong and negative stuff that keeps us from thinking that this is something how uh, we want to do. So in Genesis 2, I think I'll turn to that for us, perfectly pure. Marriage bed is undefiled, is perfectly pure. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a, com a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no, not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined, joined his intercourse to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's a great mystery. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we get embarrassed to be um, undressed in front of our husbands. But one of the things that turns him on most is being able to see. A man is turned on by sight. We're, we're more turned on emotionally most of the time, not always. Um, but the, the sight of you without 
clothes is something that he relishes. And I think we need to be careful about not covering up and uh, too much when we don't have to. You know, if you're home alone, you can certainly go without undergarments or whatever. Um, you know, just let him look. Don't hide from him. Let him enjoy. You're the only place he can look and not be sinning. Think about that. If you were to put yourself in that place, you know, the one thing that really turns you on is a woman's body and you're a husband and you're trying to honor God and half the women around you are dressed and all the stuff on TV and on social media and stuff that pops up on your computer. And you're really, really trying to honor God and your wife and your wife won't let you look. Well, what the heck? He thought he was getting a little lover and she won't even let him see her body. Well, I got bumps and I got this and I'm too this and I'm too that. It doesn't matter. He won't even notice those things if you don't point him out. Have you, have you seen the way he looks at his own body? <laughs> Man, he thinks he looks good no matter what. Don't point out all the bad things. Don't point out the bumps. We don't need to feel ashamed. Let him enjoy and, you know, when you've got little kids at home and boys, especially, you don't want to be exposing anything, but you can always keep your undergarments nice. You know, don't be wearing holy underwear and bras that are all stretched out. Wear pretty things. You know, they're pretty cheap these days, girls, honestly, you know, and, um, you know, then that way he knows you got it on and, you know, you know, you got it on. It makes you feel a little prettier. And then he knows he can get to see that at night. You know, nobody wants to see old raggedy underwear. <laughs> You could even buy him some nice ones. <laughs> and then, so that's the first P. The next one, that's perfectly pure. Next one is provocative. And talk about provocative, Song of Solomon. And if you want a book to read, it's a big book, but it's not a hard read. It's Christy Osborne's book, um, Dare to Love a Man. And she has got some beautiful artwork in there um, depicting um, the love relationship between um, Solomon and the um, Shulamite woman. And um, she tells her story in the book about being on the very brink of divorce and then realizing that if she divorced him, she'd lose her child to him, that he would fight her for him. And so she thought, well, I guess I'll have to learn how to love him. And ladies, that's a true story. We have to all learn to love our husbands. We have to stay. We have to be a student of him and find ways to stay in love. And that's, you know, love is commitment. You know, I, I committed before God and before people who were in my, you know, just for God and everybody, I love this man. I'll stay with him no matter what. If I'm sick or he's sick or, you know, um, till death do his part. That's what we promise. And God says he hates divorce. So, you know, and that happens and we can get through that. But that's not God's best. God's best is that we, we work at being together. We keep our eyes on our own guy. We find out how we can stay in love. And that doesn't mean you feel all emotional and, you know, just over the top every day. Sometimes life is really hard and it's hard to find those feelings. But what I have to know in my heart is I am committed to this man and I will choose to love him and I will choose to see the best in him. That means blessing him, edifying him, touching him and sharing my life. With him. I know I spelled that wrong. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's best. So keep our eyes on him and our guy. So anyway, that's a great, that's a great book that'll really encourage you. I, I thought it was a fantastic read. <clears throat> and she, she, she goes through that, you know, Song of Solomon is kind of 
your neck's like a gazelle and your nose is like a tower. That doesn't sound so great to me. But she explains it. Uh, she brings out all the, the true meaning of those verses. And it, it really is very sexual. And it is very um, lovely. It's just lovely. So apart of being provocative, I would say be clean. Be clean. It's important to be clean, whatever that takes. And if that just means before he comes home, get cleaned up. You know, and sometimes it has to be like a cowboy bath, and that's all right, but make some effort. So he knows that you were looking for him to come home, not like, oh, it's you again. But yes, it's important to me that you're that you are home and I want to put my best foot forward. I met a mom once who only took a shower like once a week. I'm like, oh my gosh. I tried to encourage her to be clean for her husband. And maybe it didn't matter to her, but I promise you it matters to him. Be attentive. Part of being provocative is being attentive. What does he like? What does he not like? And that includes in the marriage bed. You know, what does he like? It's between the two of you. Nobody else gets to dictate that. And, you know, there's not that hierarchy in the bedroom. You're equal in the bedroom because you become one. And so you can be the aggressor or he can be the aggressor. That's not the right word, but what is it? Initiator. Thank you. Put on the aggressors. Uh, to initiate that relationship, you know, let him know you desire him. He loves to know you desire him. Boy, that makes him feel pretty special. My girl loves me. My girl thinks I'm the best. My girl wants to be with me. What is the opposite of that, ladies? We tear our men down when we don't want that from them, when we don't want to have sex with them, when we don't want to be with them. That absolutely destroys a man's soul. And it will drive him to find it. It sure can. Not that it's ever the woman's fault that someone else were to sin. But the next P is actually, we're not there yet. One of the next P's is protection. Loving my man, letting him know he's king in my world, creates a special bond. He needs to know that we're eager to be with him and we're ready when he needs to be. You know, God tells us not to deny each other except for a time. You know, so it would be that would be a time that you had to both agree on. It might be during your cycle, or it might be, you know, the six weeks or eight, whatever it takes right after childbirth. I was sitting with a gentleman one time at a party, and they had had a baby a year ago. And I said, Well, how's everything going? I hardly knew this man. And he said to me, It's been a year <laughs> that his wife would make love to him. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> it's like, but you could tell it obviously bothered him. But six weeks, ladies, not a year, a year. The poor man was about to bust. And I only had one child. I guess that's probably why. So, you know, it's okay to say, you know, if someone's ill or there's something going on. But for the most part, if you can, do. Don't make up headaches. Don't sleep on the side of the bed. Don't hide your body. Don't find excuses not to. Be available for your guy. So it's perfectly pure. Provocative, uh, propagation, babies, children. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Children are not treated as a reward anymore in a big majority of the world. The legislation that is coming out from places like California, Minnesota, 
the, um, you can abort a baby after birth, which is murder. It's murder for any time, but even the world can see that as murder. But they don't value children. It's all about a woman's rights, a woman's right to her own body, a woman's right to do. Well, you know, men have rights too. What, what, what are they going to claim that they have a right to? It's not about rights. It's about serving. Christ came to serve. King of the world, creator of the world, he came to serve. And all we want to do is talk about our rights. Propagation, babies, children. Things go well with the world when we love children in a society. And that's one way that new believers come along. Not that they're believers because they're your children, but because you have the opportunity to teach them and to show them. You know, they're going to look at you and they're going to listen to you. And that if you're living what you teach, they be drawn. You know, Lupita was talking about living uh, by example. You know, um, my oldest, one of my daughters, when she was um, a couple of nights before she got married, she was crying on a couch. I said, what's wrong? And she said, you are the only couple I know who's still married. And she was terrified to get married because it looked so scary and everybody gets married and divorced. and. So, you know, I just, it made a difference to her that at least there was us, you know. It makes a difference, ladies, that you are with your spouse. It makes a difference to your children and your children's children. It's not just about us. It's about not blaspheming. It's about following the Lord. And there are times when it happens, but God is gracious and God can step in the gap. He can and he does. But if you're just thinking, you know, I've outgrown my guy or, you know, if you know ladies who do, do not, do not side with a woman just because she's your friend or because you heard her side and it sounds legit. Do you know when you're listening to counsel from, when you're listening to someone's story, it's a human nature that you believe the first side of the story you hear. That's human nature. So be careful how you talk to another woman. Oh man, you need to get out of there. Encourage each other as Christian women to stay, to think, to be sober-minded, to pray. God works miracles. He's in that business. He can heal beyond all measure. I know I'm all over the place. I <laughs> Reading this this morning, I'm like, oh, and this was so important to me, and this was so important. So I'm all over. Um, so if you look at Psalm, you can note one, uh, Psalm 127 and 128, where it talks about children are a gift of the Lord. They're like weapons in the warrior's hand. And of course, for pleasure, sex is for pleasure. Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. Um, we were talking at the table beforehand. We have such great, you guys should all come early instead of the table. That's great conversation. But we were talking about, um, you know, how um, one of the things that intimacy does is it creates endorphins. Um, I'm going to have, Joni, after a while, you're going to have to come up and give up your, <laughs> Joni was talking about how the guys after uh, sex are, oh, I'm not everything so great, you know, and it, because it's endorphins. And sometimes when we find we're like nitpick, 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 um, just, it's just time to, you know, forgive, settle out, make love and start. Making love is kind of like starting off, you know, it's just like clearing the air. Yes, I love you. It's, you know, it's a time. You know, we shouldn't be holding on to forgiveness. And for me, I know I can't do both. I have to forgive. I, I, you know, I, it's just a really good um, physical place to work through those things. And did you know that sometimes for your husband, making love means I'm sorry? 
I had a hard time getting a hold of that one. But that's how he's, he wants to make love to you and let you know, I still love you and I forgive you. But the endorphins are important. Dee Dee said she heard a, a, um, a survey or some friends of yours or whatever. They're talking about, would you rather take, would you rather have a chocolate, which creates endorphins, or have sex, which creates endorphins? So we all thought the ladies would say chocolate, but they all said intimacy. I was so proud of them. I need to meet your friend. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet. Um, protection. So we have perfectly pure, provocative, propagation, pleasure, and protection in 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. But intimacy is a protector for our marriage. It's, you know, and that's why God tells us not to deny each other when we need each other. Um, and even if, what if neither of you feel like you need it, you still need to make time. We still need to work towards having that layer of intimacy. You can have a great uh, relationship on a lot of levels, but that is really important. I, um, I captured two things this week. Do any of you guys listen to Matt Walsh? He's a Christian uh, commentator guy. He's a little snarky for me, but he, uh, he had a little thing. He put out a clip this week, you know, those little reels, that little quick video. And he was saying something like, all a man wants is to come home and his wife greet him and be glad he's home and that his children do. Something just really simple, something that we would all say, oh, that's so sweet. He got hammered, totally hammered for saying that because for in the women's rights and all that kind of world, that was very degrading. And I thought, how wonderful that he cares about his, his and then he was commenting on it afterwards. He goes, because honestly, I just want to take care of my family and I want to provide for them. And that's the things that I want in return, you know, <laughs> and he was just blown away by the reaction, but it is a level of protection. He wants to protect his family. And then Albert Moeller uh, was talking this week about um, something that was said about, um, oh, it was demeaning to marriage. They just said, well, you know, marriage is for people who, who need it. You know, in other words, you weak people who need someone to be with. But this is God's design, that a man and a woman be together, raise children, protect those children, protect each other. These little family units, can you imagine really that that's his plan? Isn't that an awesome plan? We have other plans and they just don't work out. So, so I thank the Lord for his plan. And then uh, one of her other points is playful prelude. You know, it can be fun. Have fun. Smile. Be cheerful. Nobody wants to make love with someone who's sour. Proverbs 17.22 talks about having a cheerful heart. Our husbands love it when we smile. It doesn't have to be just in bed. <laughs> smile at him when he comes home. Smile at him when he asks you what's for dinner. You know, smile at him. If you don't do it very often, he may be real suspicious. Just start, start slowly. So I want to talk just for a minute about potential problems. And in the book of Song of Solomon, that's, they're referred to as the foxes. You know, there's little things that get in and destroy marriage or cause issues. And God wants us to work through those things. And that's through forgiveness. Um, but I think as far as potential problems, our own thoughts, are often uh, one of the potential problems. You know, ladies, what are you spending your time thinking about during the daytime? Do you think about your hubby at all or is it not until he gets home? You know, we've talked about the in the practical ways, you know, um, you know, just 
making sure he's cared for his laundry dinners cooking if you're you know if you're stay-at-home mom those things particularly but even if not in our house even though we both work it tends to be um, more me that does those things but it doesn't really matter whatever in your world whatever shows your husband that you've been thinking about him throughout the day you know and are, are you wasting time on Facebook or maybe there's some guilty TV show you like to watch or novels you read, you know, put them down, ladies. There's not enough hours in the day to do what we need to do anyway. So, and there's certainly room to improve if we're wasting time. I think potential problems are, are maybe him feeling like we give him what's left over. Oh, I'm so busy, I'm so tired, my kids were so bad today, and I'm, I cleaned the floors and I shopped and I and so, so and so through a fit. You know, we, we give him this litany of stuff and, you know, so I'm going to bed best to you, you know. Don't save the leftovers for him. Back off, step back, don't be as busy. Rest if you can. When the kids go down for a nap, man, put your feet up for 10 minutes. You don't have to go to sleep. You know, just raising the level of your legs pushes all that blood back in your head. One really cool thing is that you can scoot your bottom up to the wall and put your legs straight up the wall, that pushes all that blood flow back into your head. It's amazing. 10 minutes of that and you'll be good to go. I know some ladies say, well, I can't fall asleep because then I feel bad, but that's one way you can do it. Or even just like lay down in front of one of these chairs and put your feet up on them. That's a good way to get yourself re-energized too. But adjust your day so that he's not the last thing you think of. And don't buy into the world. Be really careful, ladies. We talk about this often. Be really, really careful about who you talk to about your man. And if you have someone who wants to badmouth him, they're not your friend. That includes your mother, your sisters, church friends, church ladies. You don't need someone who buys into your whining. We all like to whine. We need someone who encourages us to be sober-minded, to get our thoughts in order. Another potential problem is just relying on our feelings. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Well, you know what? God says it's not about you, not about me. We cannot rely on our feelings to dictate our day. Unforgiveness is another really big one. And man, we can find some really petty things to get mad about, can't we? So air those out. Let him know. You know, it really hurts me when we're going to spend a week uh, next week talking about communication. How do we communicate that without accusing? but in a healing way. Resentment. Maybe I resent the fact that he gets to go to work every day. He gets to. Well, I'm home with the kids. It's not very glamorous. These are all things we have to let go of. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I just live angry. If you're spending spend on time on Facebook, you could certainly spend time right here. And find what God has to say about those things and let him heal them in your heart. And selfishness. Uh, Dr. Edwin calls nagging just an expression of selfishness. I want what I want. I want what I want. I want what I want. Did you hear me? I want what I want. And what happens? They tune out. What does God say about um, nagging in Proverbs? It talks about being like a drip, drip, drip. That's torture. And then we're going to talk about prevailing peace. Aren't those peas really pleasant? <laughs> I would say precious. I love Naomi's peas. So prevailing peace. So to keep a peaceful home, prepare for your husband in every way, mentally, physically, spiritually. Think to yourself, would I want to be married to me? 
There are some days I can tell you I would not want to be married to me. We always get our eyes on him, right? We got this big old log in our eye and we're picking up the speck in his. Remember what you loved about him. Look at him with the eyes of the Shulamite woman. Maybe he's not so young anymore, but his hands have spent lots of hours working for his family. He's faithful. He goes to work every day. He's provided. The most spiritual thing a man can do is to go to work, provide for his family. Don't be fussing that he's not in every Bible study that you are or not in everything at church. It's not about that. God tells him to provide for his family, to, to keep the peace. Don't hang on, hang on to unforgiveness. That's not an option. God tells us if we don't forgive, he won't forgive us. So, Dr. Ed Wheat calls, use, use your, says, use your imagination. But I think when he explains what he's talking about, it's more about use your memory. You know, when you're um, thinking, you know, anticipating, you know, it's going to take a little longer for you to get in the mood, likely, than your husband. All you have to do is take off your shirt and he's there, right? <laughs> but, you know, my mind's still on tomorrow and what the kids need and, uh, you know, mom, mom needs me, whatever. All these things, you know, all these responsibilities we have. So it's good to plan, you know, let him know, hey, how about tonight, you know? And then you can think about it and you can remember. You can remember some sweet memories that you had together. Maybe your first kiss. Who remembers their first kiss? Yeah, who remembers their first kiss? I see lots of sweet smiles. Remember the first kiss. Remember the dates you had. Remember some funny times. Remember some adventures you've done together. Just think about him. Make him the center of your world that day in leading up. Um, maybe there's some music that kind of, we have a, Rose and I created a little uh, romantic playlist that we love. You know, we picked our favorite love songs and put them in there, play it. Just play it throughout the day. Dwell on the positive. What did you love about him in the first place? Do not think about other men or some romantic novel that you read or something you saw that you should know or pornography, or someone else. That's adultery. God says, even if you think it in your heart, it's adultery. Our hearts, our minds, our thoughts are to be on him, our guy, my guy. And participate, right? Don't make him do all the work. Participate. Find out what he likes. Let him know what you like. Tell him what works. Don't say, don't do that. No confidence shake. Woo, don't do that. Just redirect. I really like it when if you tell me you like something, you get all of you want. <laughs> Anticipate. And remember what it remember how strong it is for the relationship. Dr. Wheat says sexual relationship offers uh, affects the entire marriage, makes the whole marriage better and deepens love. It's not just a thing, it's not just an act. Satan works really, really, really hard to make us not value the marriage bed or marriage or a partner sober mind kind love gentle the tenets of titus 2 the fruits of the spirit all those things added together they make for a sweet marriage that's the best let's close in prayer dearest jesus we thank you for this morning I just thank you for the very gift you've given us uh, lord of life of breath of marriage and children Lord, we thank you so very much for our husbands. If we have them, Lord, we thank you for just the friends that we have, Lord, and the influence that we can have just to be the reflector of your word and your light. Lord, help us to be that. 
Help us to love our husbands as we should and our families, Lord, and help us to shine that out, Lord, to speak it, to live it. Thank you for this day, Lord, and for these women and their precious spirits, Lord, and their open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.